Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo personality. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. All right, before we get into the episode, I did want to point out that we have a couple of additions that I wanted to add to the information that we have about the Las Vegas Open. So I did talk to my boy Nick and he did tell me that they finally got an update from Frontline Gaming on the Las Vegas Open COVID protocols. Frontline Gaming and LVO enforce the protocols in effect for Las Vegas. Currently, that is masks must be worn regardless if someone is vaccinated or not. This can change, but for now, that is the policy. Also wanted to add that LVO has just added another 12 spots for the Malifaux tournament scene. So if you already signed up for the waiting list or if you want to get into it now, go ahead and reach out and sign up for that. They got another 12 spots, which is awesome. Uh, You'll get the rest of the information in the podcast. And I tell you what, enjoy the episode. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got boy Pete here, and we got uh, got two guests on. Uh, one of them pays for the privilege, and the other one, well, Doug, uh, I don't know, but you're, you're here, too. <laughs> they, everyone else is paying for the privilege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we got Doug. He's my plus on. one. Gonna, yeah, got the plus one. We're going to talk uh, a couple different things today. We're actually going to look at a cool tournament that's coming up on the left coast. Uh, well, not coast, but left side of the country with the Las Vegas Open coming up here actually pretty soon. And then we're going to get into some saltiness that we saw in a weird place, uh, a la Dixon. And then finally, we'll talk a little bit about the new year, because as we go into the new year, we want to make sure that we are planning accordingly. But guys, I want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate you you know, spending time bullshitting for a little bit. Hey, oh. thanks for having me. Yeah. Pete, uh, long-time listener, first-time uh, caller. Uh, <laughs> man, I've been a fan for a while, and I uh, appreciate the opportunity. And uh, it's a great time to talk about LVO, and God knows what else we talk about. So, Hell yeah. So before we get into it, though, make sure that you guys are checking us out on all the social medias. You can check us out on Instagram, Twitter. I uh, got the YouTube channel actually cranking up. We have gotten a lot of subscribers on the YouTube channel. As soon as that bitch hits about 500 and then it hits 1,000, we're actually going to give away a random person will get either a core box of their choice or they will get a title box of their choice. And I don't know if you guys saw, but we're just showed kind of the schedule of some of those titles coming out. And I'm like, yeah, boy. Oh, oh I took a look at that. It was like, and I need to add that to my cart. And add Besides, there was only cart. one Bayou Master. That was kind of shitty, but <laughs> but it's Ulix. So it's cool. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm so excited for those titles. So, yeah, subscribe to the YouTube channel for Rage Quit Wire if you want a chance to win one of those boxes on our dime. And finally, if you want to support us directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash ragequitwire, where you can donate and keep the lights on for a little as a dollar. But I think with that being said, let's get into this. So, uh, Nick, I don't know, are you organizing this with Doug or is Doug, Doug, are you just the lone uh, bringer together of the Las Vegas Open Malifaux event? 
So I have uh, I inherited the Las Vegas uh, Open, the Malifaux stuff, from the uh, the infamous uh, Chrissy Dubois. So I'd originally been her backup for a couple of years, and then life happened, and she has disappeared from the Malifaux scene. And I am now running Las Vegas Open. Uh, well, the Malifaux part of it, not all of Las Vegas <laughs> Open. That's be like, way Good too God, big. God, man. God, that's a full time job. But. Yeah, so I'm running the Malifaux events at the Las Vegas Open 2022. Uh, first year I ran it by myself was Las Vegas Open 2020. And then 2021 didn't happen. <laughs> but let's be honest, just, just the whole last year just doesn't exist as far as gaming is concerned. Well, I mean, let's kind of talk about that. So, I mean, when is, I mean, a lot of people who might not be thinking about tournaments just because, like you said, a lot of people are just getting back into life. They're just getting back into Malifaux, bringing, you know, weekly Malifaux back, bringing tournaments back. I know I, I actually did two tournaments back to back this month, which was an awesome feeling. We got one in Jacksonville and one up in Greenville. So what is the date? I mean, is it a one day, two day? How many stones? Go ahead and give us all the uh, nitty gritty details there. Yeah. So Las Vegas Open 2022 is going to be happening January 28th through the 30th. Uh, at the Rio Hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, if you've been to Las Vegas Open, it is in a new venue. Uh, looks a lot nicer and looks a little less um, run down. Bally's a felt a little, little run down before. Like you're not going to get hepatitis? Yeah, yeah. It, it might, no, it's it, Vegas. It you can still get sketchy, it. But I mean, so long as they, you know, I can get beer during the tournaments, uh, I'm good. Uh, the, the Nick Westbrook here, you know, found out that you bring beer to your TO, you get better rulings. That's fair. Yeah, I didn't buy enough in 2020. 2020, he kept bringing me Coronas. But so the events we're running is uh, Friday. I call it the Friday Fun Pass. During the day, running a uh, double rush tournament, which that's your uh, the alt team format where you have, you know, two master, you know, two people on one team, one master, their uh, henchmen, no, their uh, totem. That's the word I'm looking for. Their totem, <laughs> and I believe it's uh, 10 stones. So all combined together makes for some weird, interesting matchups. I bet. And then in the evening, we are going to be running a – it was originally going to be an all-out brawl. I changed it to the Bonanza Brawl, which uh, the other Doug, uh, Doug Broman – from Steam Powered Scoundrels, um, is uh, came up with this cool Bonanza Brawl thing, which is a variation on something that there was in Second Edition, where basically it's all that brawl, but there's a loot pile you get to attach upgrades from. Hmm. Yeah, that could be interesting. Oh, it's, it's shenanigans. Super it's cool. <laughs> it's all that brawl. I mean, it's you know the all out brawl plus extra shenanigans. It's delightful fun. So I feel like those Friday. are the I feel like those are the type of events that you should just throw some of those interesting weird terrain features. Like I just got the uh, the Baham rug, and it comes with a little card with kind of like just the alt rules that you can use for it. I feel like those are the events you should bust those out in. I love that. Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna be painting that model up on the uh, play it's weird cool. stream next week, which is gonna be. He's cool. just sitting there, all kind of spread out, holding his wine out, looking all sexy, like. Like, and yeah. I don't, you guys may hear a lot of this coming up because I have become quite the fan of Brewmaster 2. Um, <laughs> Jesus the old moonshiner. And that terrain just makes him even happier. So, you get drunk off of it. Brew 2, um, Electric Boogaloo. 
the at our most recent tournament we ran over uh we just ran it just last saturday uh the guy who was running brew two he has a whiteboard that he was just oh keeping boy. little tick marks on to track his entire cruise poison so and, i use dice and i'm finding that i think i need d20s instead of d6s that's why i used a whiteboard yeah yeah he had brewery at like 23 God, poison at some point it was absurd Oh yeah, I think by the end of turn one, if you have, if listeners, if you haven't played against the uh, Brewmaster, or the Moonshiner, by the end of turn one, if they know what they're doing after a couple games, they should have roughly about nine to fifteen poison on all the models. Um, <laughs> that's pretty standard, I think. Sounds <laughs> yeah. about right. But it's all right. It, it feels like that's the way Brewmaster should play, so I'm okay with it. It's a party, man. It is. And we it was funny. I was playing it in round one of the tournament in Jacksonville. And the uh, the woman I was playing, she was like, you know, so while you're playing solitaire there, I'm going to go get a beer. I was like, all right, that's fair. Because <laughs> the first <laughs> turn, you're just setting it up and just getting poison out. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has a bit. I mean, that crew, from what I saw of it, it's got a bit of an unpack. It's the, you oh, know, yeah. the unpack. We're all going to get drunk. But unlike, you know, the let's old, go. unlike the old brewmaster unpack, him them getting drunk also gives that little bit of push up the field. I will say, and you're going to, and people that have already listened to the uh, airing of grievances episode already heard Chris bitch about this, but Chris is not a fan of the fermented river monks in that list just because of how oh ridiculous they are. Six stone unkillable models. Yep. That do, min five, that do five damage in certain circumstances. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. If you get the ram, it's min five. Oh. Yeah. It's gross. It's good. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> It's by you. It's all right. So, what about uh, what about Saturday and Sunday? What you got going on? So Saturday and Sunday, we've got a two-day GT. So fifty soul stones gaining grounds. Um, I will be putting out the uh, strats and scheme pools coming up very soon. I'm trying to remember when was the like. Did they release gaining grounds like zero and two and one? Like they released those in January previously, right? Uh, mostly March and April. March and April. Into March and April, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. That I don't. I think feel... you should be fine. Then I, I uh, I'll work on crafting those over the over the uh, the Christmas holiday. I almost said Thanksgiving. Time has ceased <laughs> to have all meaning. Let's be honest. Listen, I'm not, at home. I'm not Craig from the Third Floor Wars. When I record these, I get them out pretty quick. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love Craig, but man, he has some canned episodes that are like months old. <laughs> love you, Craig. So like, to oh, well, happy, happy Easter. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but I was gonna say Thanksgiving because time has lost all meaning. Let's be honest. When when yeah, is it? That's fair. It does not feel like it's the middle of uh, December right now. <laughs> it's it's going by quick, quicker than we think. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. I mean, is there? I see that there's information on the Las Vegas Open website. Uh, do you have like a Facebook event page going or something for this? So the event page I've got for it uh, is um, under the A Weird Place. That tends to be where I do most of my uh, posts for things. If it's um, national, I guess. I believe I also posted about it. There's the, uh, yeah, I have an event for it in the Malifaux US Faux Tour group. Okay. So back when the U.S. Faux Tour was running on a, you know, up and running sure. before, you know, all of the 
COVID shenanigans and stuff. Before the end times. Before the end times began. <laughs> uh, hopefully, uh, Craig will get that up and running here again soon. I'm really, really hoping because that will be a big boon for all the tournaments and stuff. But so I've got yeah. I've got an event posted under the uh, US Photo Tour page. I've got one on a weird place. And I've got one on the forums. Yeah. And let me ask you just because, I mean, that is kind of the environment that we are living in. So do you know if the event is looking at requiring like max masks, vaccination passports, all that nonsense? As far as I'm aware, they're not requiring that. Okay. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm boosted. I've got, you know, like a dozen different masks that I'm going to be throwing into my bag. Sure. Um, I'm driving up because I've got a cake, you know. Yeah, I, I always got to ask that, though. And I know because if you're coming from a state like me in South Carolina, I'm sure Texas is pretty similar. I honestly, I mean, this is just me and people can get mad if they want about it. I can't remember. I think the last time I wore a mask is when I went to Disney World. Um, just because South Carolina, it's just, you know, it is what it is. If you're if you're not happy with that, that's fine. But in, if you're coming from a state like that, like I'm going to Rhode Island for Captain Con. And if all of a sudden it switches, it you know, it's just good to have that information out front is what I'm saying. Because I don't mind wearing a mask in place if they require it. But I'd like to know ahead of time just so I have it and it's not a thing, you know. Yeah, I, I haven't seen uh, anything regarding a mask requirement for it. I mean, I know down here in Texas, I still wear a mask when I go out grocery shopping. Yeah. But uh, when I go to the game store, I'm all, pretty much all of my guys are, yeah. as far as I'm aware, are vaccinated. And uh, I mean, the Malifaux local scene pretty much died around here during lockdown because yeah. no one was going out and playing in person. And once, you know, vaccinations were regular, were available for the general public, uh, that was when we started doing our monthly tournaments. Again. Yeah, that's really what our group and our region waited on, too. And I think that's definitely what, in my experience, I think most gamers have done that just because I, I think the gaming community is pretty good with that stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. The, the Malifaux community is not to shit on uh, 40K <laughs> players or anything, but... <laughs> The 40K players in Houston, they never fucking stopped. Dude, I, dude, if you want just a good laugh, I just, I still follow some people that do 40K and I just look at just the BS they deal with. And I'm just like, why? Why even deal with, like, especially when you're a grown ass adult like us three, like we're old enough where it's just like, I'm not even going to deal with dumb stuff like that. Like, you can kick rocks. Well, yeah. I mean, that that's one of those things that I've talked about with, um, you know, some, some of my local guys. It's the, 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 so one thing with uh, LVO was that uh, they partway along the line, they actually capped my attendance. I was originally supposed to have space for more. They capped my attendance. I did today get an email that they are going to be giving me more space. Okay. I don't know how much more space. I'm not sure when that's opening up. So currently we have a wait list for tickets. We're, we're sold out right now. So how, so. You said you're capped and you're sold out at the cap, correct? Yeah, we're sold out at the cap of 19. Yeah, how, many, how many do you guys have right now? So 19. So okay. 18 plus one, because then we could have a buy. That's still that's more than we had at LVO 2020. So that's nice. Yeah, it's awesome. But the thing was that with the way um, sales went was that I really started promoting it in, you know, November and December is when I started promoting LVO 2020. And then, yeah, and so 
a lot of our sales came in literally the last month before the tournament. The reason we got capped was because tickets went on sale back in G uh, June. Tickets for LVO 2022 went on sale before tickets for Gen Con did. Oh, wow. And at that time, we weren't even sure if there was going to be events at Gen Con or not. Yeah. And so the way uh, what I've been saying was that Malifaux players in general seem to have more responsibilities than a lot of other games. And I mean, I know this sounds like I'm shitting on 40 K and age of Sigmar and all the okay. Star that's, Wars that's, stuff. That's allowed. Okay. They're in my grievances. It's allowed. In my experience, the <laughs> Malifaux players seem to have just more responsibilities than a lot of the other games. Like we're not going to buy, I, I like shit. I, I promoted it when it launched, but I didn't do the full hard press promotion when we sold tickets for it, because I'm like, I don't know if we're going to even be able to do it. It was things we're looking up. Yeah. And then Delta rolls around. I'm like, okay, I'm going to maybe back off a little bit. Pump but hope the brakes. Well, I mean, shit, even if there weren't COVID, yeah. even if COVID were not a thing, are you going to be buying tickets to a, a tournament six months out? Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a fair point. And um, that is great because so if I wanted to, you can still order tickets for LVO, correct? For LVO itself, yeah. Okay, so if I wanted to, I could get tickets for LVO, go, maybe do, maybe have kind of a back plan of like, hey, I'm going to, you know, maybe play in this if Malifaux doesn't open up. Right, right. And, I mean, there's that. There's some really great uh, hobby classes there. And, hell, you're in Las Vegas anyways. <laughs> go shoot some craps. Go shoot some go craps. Yeah. Uh, my thought is is Malifaux is the second coolest <laughs> thing going on on that weekend. I'm just saying. It's just that's right. It's fucking great. It's, and we're gonna be done. So let me ask you this because I actually I I haven't been to LVO yet. It's definitely on my to go list. I'll probably actually go to it before I go to Gen Con, but um, just because I don't know, Gen Con seems way more just like hey, go buy new stuff and see some cool people talk. Whereas you know, LVO is like hey, let's go game. But Gen is Con's they... more of a shopping convention. Or yeah. if I'm big into board games. I love okay, yeah, that's like the Mecca then. Oh yeah. I, I go every year. That's where I discuss that's where I learned about Malifaux at. So I was gonna ask you, Doug, is there an open play area at Elvio or no? Currently no. Okay. Um with last time when we had so Elvio 2020, we had a couple open tables. I let people play on those. Currently, I'm assuming we're going to be ass to elbows again, you know, Probably. table to table to table. And if it's an open spot, I'm going to be selling a ticket for it. Yeah. So what about, let's say we get done with round three of the tournament on Saturday. Are those games then available for Malifaux players to play on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so like the Friday Fun Pass thing is listed as, you know, I've got, you know, the two, the, the events. And I also have listed there, open play. You know, if you get into town and like you got maybe got into town too late to take part in the uh, the team tournament, but you want to play. Yeah, sit down, grab a beer, play a game. If okay. after, you know, three rounds of play on Saturday, you want to play a game? Sure, go ahead, play a game. I'll play a game. I'll actually be, because I'm not flying this time, I'll actually have my models with me. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Going to Captain Con, I'm just going to have my Bayou bag, and that's kind of it. And I'm 
that's my carry on. I'm holding on to that. It's like they're not losing my bayou. Never check your minis. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's how bad things happen. As Weird says, I bad the hard things way. happen. Well, last time for LVO, I actually had to uh, fly sure. with all of my terrain. <laughs> okay. I found, I'd found out let so I'd found out late that Chrissy, uh, so I was supposed to be the backup on it and Chrissy sure, was sure. going to run it and I was going to, you know, be her assistant. Life happened. She couldn't run it. So I took over, but um, Derek Rowe was going to drive her terrain out from California for me. Found out about a month beforehand that he could not uh, make get off work. And so I had about a month to go from having two tables worth of terrain to having 12 tables worth of terrain. Yeah, that's tough. And be able to fly with it. Yeah. So that actually ended up um, really kickstarting my uh, love of doing <laughs> terrain for 3D printing. I, only I do have... see some kind of, it looks like a clock tower. Is it some kind of Adobe or something back there? I don't know. Oh, yeah, this one. It's, it's actually, I've actually got it available on uh, my website. So what I do professionally is I actually plug, design plug away. 3D, pr I sell, design and sell 3D printable <laughs> terrain. Um, terrain's what I'm most good at, but there's also some characters and creatures up on uh my stuff there. Uh, Top Doug Design is me, but it's uh, <laughs> I've got a shop on Mini Hoarder. So if you got a 3D printer and you're looking for a terrain, it's one of the things I do. Um, working on getting more terrain that is appropriate for Malifaux. Yeah, I think that because I've noticed a lot of the Malifaux appropriate terrain can be a pain in the dick to assemble. So yeah. I appreciate what you're doing there. That's the good fight. This thing, it comes in literally like four pieces, <laughs> uh, not counting the clock faces. Or I've got one where it's, you know, actually got all the clock faces built in if you've only got an yeah, That's cool printer. as hell, man. And it lights up. You can draw, you drop a tea light in there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that in the uh, old yeah, notes there. If you want to look at some cool 3D printed uh, Malifaux terrain. Yeah, yeah I'll get you the uh, the link to that. It's, it's cool stuff. I've got... Um, I post a lot of pictures of my terrain for my tournaments, you know, to the Discord, also to uh, the Weird Place sometimes. Just say, hey, look at these pretty, pretty tables. Cause now, depending on, and I know you have a gang full of 3D printers there, but I've, I've gotten 3D printed terrain before, and it's good because it's quick accessible, but some of it has like a lot of kind of grainy lines on it. Um, yeah, I don't know what quality you plant print there this does um when it comes down to it there's only so much you can like get by that I actually, i've actually yeah. got two resin printers now i got a, a large-scale resin printer resin's. now <laughs> resin's that, good resin's good i mean this one i'm showing you right there costs more to do so it's kind of the printing characters yeah i'll throw them on the resin printing um terrain a little more expensive to do on the resin yeah. printer, but I have a large scale resin printer now, so I'm going to start throwing more stuff on there. Yeah, I, I one of my friends, he has an Etsy. It's uh, Barding Tokens, and he uh, he just got a resin printer, so he's starting to really mess with that. It's definitely definitely cool to see more of that in the community. Uh, if I'm going to go to Las Vegas Open, it, are the blocks for the rooms on site, or how's that working for that? They are on so it's going to be at the Rio, uh, Rio Las Vegas, and they are on site there. You can, uh, I think the rooms are still available. Let's take a look. Rooms are still available. Yeah, the, the rooms are still available, and there's multiple. There's two towers 
that you have the option for once yeah, more see, of the that, economical. The, that's uh, why I like a uh, all every suite. time I've looked at the Las Vegas Open. It's definitely uh, it seems to me like a it's an easier tournament to do and convention to do. Like I've been looking at Adepticon. It goes so quick, and then you got to go to their backup rooms. It all sells out super fast. Um, I mean, Las Vegas is like a strip of hotels anyway. So I mean, yep. if you had to go somewhere else, it's like, okay. Right. And this is actually being held oh, in cool. the same hall as the World Series of Poker. So you talk about tens yeah, of I'm thousands of people that go through the convention going and we'll figure it out. And Ooh, we're yeah. playing Malifaux on that 100%. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm bored with this. I like that you guys already have. So it's kind of like I've been trying to plug the Captain Con as well. Just trying to get people to realize that nationally not just in your region hopefully but nationally there's a lot of people that are playing you know fun malifo good competitive games and i mean i don't in the southeast i just i love bullshitting with the people at these tournaments it's just a great time and everybody that i've talked to nationally is definitely of the same vibe so i'm definitely pumped about these national malifo events going oh yeah when, when is captain con uh, it is that first weekend of February, so I think it's like February third, fourth. It's like right after LVO, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. It's the next yeah. Weekend, so yeah. I'm I'm excited for that. I was uh, I'm talking with the guys from uh, Frontline Games. I'm going to be doing Las Vegas Open 2023. They just announced the date for that, which uh, looks like same going to be the same weekend in 2023. So you know, last weekend of uh, January is. Always going to be Las Vegas open. Seems to be a yeah. pretty good time to get out there. The weather's actually not too bad out there. It's, you know, wear a, uh, wear a hoodie as opposed <laughs> to, you know, be cold. I mean, I may live in Texas, but I'm from Michigan originally. So, well, not, I was going to say, not everybody lives in Texas. Yeah, I, I do love it. In We're the like sitting right in, like, so. it gets as cold as the 50s, but then I think this week it's supposed to be in the 70s. I'm like, yes, this is why I moved from New York to South Carolina. Yeah, but I'm talking with them about possibly doing some of their other uh, national events. Uh, still up in the air right now. The one we're, the most obvious one is the uh, Lone Star Open, which takes place in obviously Texas. Okay, Texas is a big fucking state. Which, which uh, city it takes place up in the the uh, the Dallas Fort Worth? Okay, that was because I was I was talking to Nick. I was like, Hey Nick, which part of the country you uh, or which part of the state you in? And he was like, Houston. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to Kansas, but that's quite the haul. You know, I'm like, I can't swing that. If you're closer to Dallas, I probably <laughs> could catch a game or something. Yeah. Hey, if you're ever in, uh, if you're ever down right. in Houston, and like literally anyone who's uh, happens to be in Houston, second Saturday of every month, we run a tournament. Nice. Um, we've had a few people show up from, you know, out of town just because like, oh, hey, we know this happens. And so they come and. That one guy from Chicago came and ran Nexus and actually, you know, beat Andre, which was delightfully refreshing. Well, I know Andre has a special place in his heart for Nexus. Uh, right. <laughs> I saw a couple online games where he was less than thrilled to play against uh, some of that Nexus crap. <laughs> well, it is a it ultimately is a hard counter to his Nikima list. Oh, for sure. For sure. Which, you know what? At least there's something that can hard counter that Nakima list. Because if you, play I, I don't hear shit, you too sad about that being from Texas. You guys are probably like, yeah, good, fuck that list. <laughs> Funny thing is, I've never played against Andre playing that because yeah. I, when I play in the tournaments, I have to be as the non-competing ringer. So I'm always playing the person at the bottom. So then Nick's I'm like, yeah. Nick's like, I don't care that he lost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I 
threatened to demolish his models and replace them with money later. It just I will give you guys a funny off. story about Nexus. So I actually played Chris in, it was just like an eight-man tournament, but he played, uh, we were doing Break the Line. He played Nexus and I played Maw. And basically my goal was to, I'm going to hold off the flanks and get my points and just kind of kill stuff as they come into me. And I, I didn't get good cards that game, but I was kind of holding out. And it got to turn four, and we were sitting right about at that three, four, four, three kind of mark score wise. And he acts, activates that stupid archivist, comes around the corner, throws two shots at Maw, gets the crow trigger both times, and kills Maw with like six or seven damage, whatever the hell it was. And I'm just, I threw my cards on the table. I'm like, book it done. Not playing Cat against Cadmus ever again. It's like, if I drop it, you're just getting a win. Fuck the screw. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nick yep. here uh, is the the uh, only person who's made me rage quit in a couple of years. Oh, oh god! Yeah, what was that? Was no, that it was uh, it was Nelly. It was what I mean, the Nelly under, is the fucking oh, yeah. undercover Nelly. reporter. Oh, that yeah. that is my area of grievances. Fuck <laughs> the undercover reporter. That's fair. I mean, you know, he's he's got to get the he's got to get the scoop. Got to figure no. it out. With one activation, he undid two full activations. I mean, it's, that sounds like Nelly. It's like, oh, you thought you were going to score yeah. there? Cool. <clears throat> That's Nelly's MO. Pew, pew. And then that aura yeah. that they have, you can't interact with the break the line markers and just, it was in your Marcus crew. So it was a lot of minions on the board. Yeah. Well, it was, so it was easy just to pick one off and well, send I had, it. You know, my, uh, I had one of my, um, Order initiates, you know, kick the can. Then I had the flying kitty cat uh, leap over, you know, fly, go a little distance, drop a scheme marker and be set up to, you know, kick the can next turn. <laughs> he pops the undercover reporter out of my kitty cat who has to go home. He kicks the can back, uses a zero action to remove the um, scheme marker. And then comes walking. So he does, you know, he undoes two activations with one uh, with one action and a bonus action. That's fair. That's what you call a uh, solid play there, Nick. <laughs> it's like, you son of a bitch. I was excited not to face uh, Nakima. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's kind of cool because I was looking at, and I've been doing some 10 Thunder stuff, and I actually, I like kind of the way Honeypot does its thing. But I looked at Lynch too, and I'm like, "Holy shit! You can use Huggy as your uh, as your master. That's pretty cool. That seems like you could alpha strike the crap out with that." I love that idea. Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's like, oh no, he died. Now he comes back yeah. to Lynch. Three AP obey. Yeah. Okay, I'm okay with this. You basically so, have two masters there. Yeah. And that, dual I mean, masters out of being dual masters. I mean, we're in the United States. Double masters is not frowned upon. I guess. I love double masters. <laughs> Uh, there's no. some interesting yeah, we, we allow uh, oh, for we're, we're LVO. It. it is still we don't see it very often though as to whether I'm doing singles or allowing double masters. Ah. There was some interesting uh, interactions pointed out to me that uh, with the uh, new titles. Yeah, there's a Rezer combo that apparently just kills a model. Yeah. It's McMorning and uh It's somebody. McMorning and Seamus and you need to master. bring um either Vincent Seamus. or a Draugr. And yeah. you staple the um the fucking their blow up of fire a um 
corpse marker and drop a pyre marker. Yeah. But use the cause for celebration, which allows you to remove the italics, remove the italics. And it says remove tar. It just says place a a pyre marker in base contact and remove target. The ruling I have done on that for local things is there is no mechanic in Malifaux to just remove a model. (laughs) They you are know, either killed or That's buried. exactly what I told people, Doug. We were at that tournament, and I was like, if I was running this, and I told Tio this, and somebody tried to do that, I'd be like, no. It's not the spirit of the game. You can fuck off with that. I told them that in advance, that, look. Probably kinder, is, but. <laughs> we need an, it needs an errata or an FAQ on that. It will. <laughs> but it's like, like, there's just not a mechanic for removing a model. It's either, you know, yeah, I mean, killed. The only thing is like what execute, but that's, you know, you have to, it gives you an opportunity to spend a resource. So there's nothing in the game that just says you're dead. And well, and it still says killed, not remove the that's target. A, uh, what's that thing that Teddy has in like swallow a hole or engulf or something like that, but that's a friendly model. Those all but, say, unless I'm mistaken, they say kill. Let me, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up the car. If only I had a magical little uh, device that has all the rules. I on tell it my yet. son that all the time. I'm like, man, if only we had like computers in our pockets to look that up. Yeah, yeah. So he's got the. Uh, yeah, come my on. teacher that said Consume. we would never have calculators on us was a liar. <laughs> yeah, it says it does say kill the target. Yeah. Right. Fuck that guy. Yeah. So I definitely and. All this kind of reminds me of, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this because we did a whole episode on it, but I was curious. I don't know if you guys are Seinfeld fans, but I love Festivus and the airing of grievances. One of my favorite make-believe holidays. And yeah, I I love everything about that episode, but we did an episode on it for Rage Quit Wire like we do every year. I just wanted to get, what's a a grievance you guys have either with Malifaux, could be a crew, could be a model, something that just really pisses you off right now when you see it either across from me or you see it online or whatever. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I would definitely say Nakima yeah. there for a while, just based off of my experience against Andre. I always seem to get paired against him and I never figured out how to counter or do anything with it, but I'll, I'll give you. So while you guys are thinking of yours, I'll give you a couple of, to just respond to because we recorded the episode and Dixon just put out on the weird place group on Facebook. He was like, Hey, we're doing the area grievances. You know, it's about <laughs> bitching and moaning about stuff that's pissed you off over the year, how people disappointed you, everything like that. And I have to say the thread kind of blew, blew up a little bit. Yeah. It did. Um, so looking at it, I think one of the ones that <laughs> stuck out to me that actually we didn't hit up on, but I think it's because it doesn't apply to me because I'm actually like a Malifaux junkie, but the title box is a lot of people are pissed off that they have to buy the title box and they get this random ass model they're not going to use. Whereas me, I'm like, okay, that just gives me an excuse to buy another crew, but I get not everybody's like that. But I was looking at some of the salt on that. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty good. I like how people are kind of pissy about that. Oh, suck it up. What the <laughs> hell, man? Well, I, I, I'm obviously, I paint a lot. I stream on the uh, Play Weird paint stream. Sure. Um, I love to paint. And that's just going to be another model I get to paint. There you go. Um, it's one model in a box. And who knows? Maybe someday you're going to get so fed up with your crew that you go this other direction. Boom. Bingo. And th- that's one of those things I love. One of the reasons I love Malifaux is that let's say. So to chase the to chase the meta, 
in 40k or age of sigmar if you're going to be one of those guys who's chasing back, the men bring back bad memories for me you're dropping at least 800 bucks 800 to over a thousand bucks for a whole I, new I army. don't even I think it's way beyond that now it used to be that Doug but if you look at prices now I mean a big tank like a Bane blade even a land raider you're dropping like 80 bucks for that vehicle now Oof. yeah it's 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 gone up huge in price it's kind of ridiculous and yeah, I, I also have a, I have a. I used to work for Games Workshop. I used to run one of their retail stores, sure. so I got all of my stuff at half off. <laughs> the only reason I could afford, you know, all all the stuff you see, yeah, back all there. the crack in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the the uh, closet of shame. It, it's not. Okay. I don't have a shelf. I've got a closet. Uh, I've got multiples. But so let me so let me ask you guys this then. So you're saying suck it up, which is fine, and you're talking about chasing the dragon here. There was a lot of bitching, especially from the U.S. people, not so much the U.K. because the U.K. players know why. But a lot of people bitching about explorers just being ridiculous and, you know, the models are so good. There was a lot of crying on here about the Arcanist, Archivist, there we go, Um, BB and Calypso, Ivan, a lot of shit on here about explorers. So, I mean, you guys obviously have a different meta. What do you think about explorers from what you have seen about it? Is it that, that salty or is it should everybody be like, hey? No, no, I, I think it's uh, adding a different flavor and play style that you have to learn how to play and counter. Yeah. And uh, if you think about it, we had, I don't know, actually, I don't know how many uh, uh, play testers there were for Explorer Society that had four or five months ahead of everybody else. And they just started dunking on people as soon as they came out in the, into the wild. And it, it was it was a hard thing to swallow. Uh, they're not nearly as uh rough to deal with now that you get them on the table you see them i played a ton of vassal i've seen them uh on the board and i mean i still have problems with nexus but so that's a I, personal issue well, not I necessarily say, a mechanics I issue i actually i think i like explorers i do think that they have a lot of really good solid models and yeah a lot of the crews are pretty good i do have a problem with cadmus just because yeah there's a couple of obviously models in it that make it make it go a little more than it probably should the two husks a turn is definitely annoying it's tough enough to deal with one of those bastards but then another one comes screaming right out after that um just the amount of stone um the amount of stones they get ahead of you as far as just crapping out models the parasite to it's almost like there's just one too many things where it's like and this and this and this because I was thinking about it with Brewmaster 2 because I was loving it. I'm like, man, I think Brewmaster 2 would wreck it. But I'm like, oh, wait, every time I ping something, I'm really just pinging myself unless I bring something like the Rock Hopper. But then I'd have to activate that first. And it, it really it forces you to play a certain way against it. And if you don't, then you're punished pretty hard for it. So that's the one where I'm saying it's not right. It's not necessarily broken. It's just it's very it's very reliable crew that you can't really make mistakes against. As um, Andres put it, is that it's not broken. It's more of a negative play experience. Is that it's, if you know what you're doing, you can defeat it. Yeah. But you're not going to have fun doing that. It's not a fun crew to play. It's one of those games where it's like, I'm winning, but I don't feel like I'm winning. (laughs) Right. That they have, there's certain stuff where they have a hard time scoring it. Now, I have not played as Cadmus. I have not played against Cadmus yet. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Vassal. It just, it, it removes that. Right on, brother. 
Jesus yeah, Christ, it, it, I'm outnumbered. It removes Get Andre and Brian on here now. veneer <laughs> of... Dixon, yeah, where are you at, bro? Yeah. Malifaux, it's math. Don't don't tell anyone that. Malifaux's math. But there's What's, that nice veneer of story and lore over it. But when, you play, when I play on Vassal, it just strips away that and going, oh, this is all math. <laughs> this is my nightmare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anybody that knows me knows my opinion on Vassal. I'm not gonna not gonna hound on that one. The UK players don't really feel that strong about explorers. They had their nationals, and I mean, what the top explorer player is twentieth? It is what it is. I think ultimately, if you take a look at it, the way um, weird kind of approaches there, and I come at this from I've done a few of their playtesting bits. Uh, I didn't test Explorer Society, but I did do a lot of the testing for uh, M3 and uh, some of the stuff for in M2 as well. They, they tend to put something out more powerful and then bring it back. Yeah. And I mean, and people, there was somebody on there that was really, and you know, I know if you got your feelings hurt that bad, that's fine. I, I definitely appreciate that being one of the founders of this podcast, but if you felt so bad about explorers, which, I, honestly, even looking at titles, I think that this is a mistake to play this way. Some people that get smashed by a new faction keyword, in this case, titles. Uh, this person was like, oh, yeah, I got smashed so b- bad by Explorers. I didn't, haven't played Malifaux in like three months. And I, I get that you're salty, but you got to, you know, drink some water, man. <laughs> you know, get, get some of that oh, salt yeah. intake, you know, lower it uh, down. Get uh, good, son. Get, yeah, get, I love get good. Oh, so um, <laughs> But... I will say that if you felt bad about the explorers coming out, man, some of these titles are going to wreck your face because <laughs> some of them, Oh my God. When you see them the first time, you're just like face palm. Like what am I even supposed to do? <laughs> uh, guild. Uh, oh, so good. Oh my God. What you they were took doing a with step butcher butcher Dashel. The butcher. My goodness. Um, that was brutal. Oh, Lady, Lady J too. Lady J and butcher. Fuck. Hoffman. Yeah. Hoffman. That new Hoffman is sexy. For sure. With his lightning bolt of power. It's like, I have the power. So good. Those pylons are ridiculous. Uh, last one I'll give from the community, and then I'll, I'll let you guys share a salty take of something. Last one, and I thought this was interesting. It's another faction one. Actually, double. Somebody said on here, and actually I saw it a couple of times, they were saying, I have a grievance with 10 Thunders having so many answers and Neverborn having not that many answers, meaning like um, tech picks to go against things. You know, 10 Thunders has an answer to everything pretty much tech-wise. Whereas, I mean, if you see markers and you're playing Neverborn, you're just like, yep. <laughs> Hope it's destructible. Hope I can waste an action to just get rid of one. Yeah. Yeah, good job, community. I love that you're uh, you're going to enjoy the Grievance episode that we put out. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's uh, one of my favorite episodes of the year. But let's go ahead and get you guys real quick. One salty thing about the year can be anything. Quit playing with yourself so much in your deployment zone in round one and two. <laughs> Who does that? Brew two. 23 <laughs> fucking goddamn <laughs> poison. Fair, I Didn't get to see a, a model bit. in the middle for move, three rounds. I move, I move a little bit. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it, I think that also it depends on the player, though, because you definitely could do that. But Brewmaster wants to live in the middle of the table. So it, I, yeah, you actually can do it. It's pretty interesting. You can do it with, 
I build up the poison a little bit, but then the first time you hit his uh, drunken, you know, pulse or whatever you want to call it from the shockwave, you actually bring the poison down and you get to do a push off tipsy slide. So that kind of gets everybody going a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, dude, put those put those fermented river monks in the middle of the board and move the rest of the crew up. And don't be a don't be a pussy with Brewmaster too, man. Those monks will tie something down, and then you just come in and wreck face. Or just practice your unpacking so it's faster on the game, and you get out of round two. True. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, and I think reps is important, and I think I definitely would appreciate that too, Nick. I've been in games before in a tournament where I'm sitting there and I'm moving quickly, and I'm like, go, and then they kind of like, you know, they start doing the well. Do I want to do this? It's like, why weren't you thinking about this a minute ago? Right. <laughs> Let's go. Right. Or just flip the fucking card, look at your stat next, and then we can do the, you know, I yeah, I, right. I know your models. I'll I'll tell you. I know that since I have not been getting in as many reps as I've wanted to lately because I'm always, you know, uh, I play if we've got an odd number of people at the tournament because I'm running it. So that's when I get in most of my reps is if I'm playing as the ringer. And then – Due to COVID, we've been working on getting more people out on the the regular weekly game yeah. night, and then, I mean we're having a hard time getting that going. We've had times where we're like we got five people, and the next week no one shows up. It's getting people out consistently. Yeah. I think that's a good grievance, though, Doug. Just because you know we've all had different things pop up, jobs, and all this, and it's just like before. There's excuses to not do stuff, but if you really do enjoy the hobby. You really got to, you know, just kind of carve that time out for yourself just so you can enjoy your hobby. You can hang out with your friends, uh, do a little self-care, right? I mean, it, I mean, come on, this is Rage Quit Wire. Oh, you know, we talk about mental care all the time. <laughs> we uh, we fix marriages and help relationships here, folks. That's what we do. Yeah, so, yeah well, I think right now it's so it's getting people out. You know, my, my grievance is with COVID. Damn you, COVID. Damn your eyes. Damn you, COVID. But yeah, it's the... Getting people out regular, the the problem is that if we got, you know, three or four people out there regularly, then we got other people who come to shop and go, hey, what are you playing? And then we get them out. And yeah, it's getting... I will tell you, Malifaux, and I used to thought Guild Ball looked really good, kind of, you know, sprawled out and painted and played. But, man, when you see the Malifaux models, the Victorian, you know, steampunk, people really love the look of those models. Oh, and yeah. they see them, they're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's it's such a community builder. You get there, you you play your games in, in, in public as opposed to, you know, the game rooms that you've you've set up during during the, the mix of COVID uh definitely in COVID and, and get people involved and, and uh excited about the game again. Yeah. I'm for looking sure. forward to the new space that Dragon's Lair is gonna have. They're gonna be uh double double and a half the size. They're gonna actually have enough space in there to run a Malifaux GT in their gaming space. Sweet. So Hopefully I'll get, uh, hey, sometime in the future, I'm going to run one at uh, Dragon's Lair Houston. And I, I will say, if you ever get a chance, and I know I'm going to definitely, and I've actually kept my eye on a couple of them. It's just dates haven't worked out yet for me personally. But I'm always keeping an eye out on Texas GTs and conventions because Texas ha- and the Midwest in general has a really strong just kind of gaming community, I would say. I've yep. never gone to a Texas GT or a Midwest GT I, uh, that I've had a bad time at. So definitely, if you can make it, it's worth going. And if you move to Texas, you're you're good to go as long as you're not out in the middle of the desert. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, we got guys who uh, will. I mean, 
I see people over on the East Coast complaining. It's like, oh, I don't want to have to go so far to get to a tournament. It's like, <laughs> shit, man. We got guys driving to so we we got Houston. We got guys coming oh, over. Yeah. From San Antonio, we got guys who come. I used from to drive Austin down from Kansas, man. You don't time. gotta tell me. We got yeah. guys who come from down from uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, probably Oklahoma. Time. You guys probably get a couple from uh, Southern Oklahoma too. If you, if we you haven't did. in a while, but they had in. What's the that? Past. Is that is that Stillwater? Is that Southern Oklahoma? I can't remember. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, we um, haven't since COVID, but I mean, yeah. we get you know since. I started up doing the the weekly uh, the monthly tournaments again. Um, we've the fewest we've had at a tournament was ten, and we've had yeah, up I, to fifteen. I think the biggest thing that I hear you you both saying is it really is consistency. If you're a tournament organizer, or even if you just love Malifaux, uh, just try to hit the same week at the same store, and just that way when people think like, oh, I want to try Malifaux, hey, those guys are always there. You know, that's that makes it easier for people to get in the game where because you don't want to get in a game that nobody's going to play at the store, you know. Exactly. And, you know, if you're an organizer and you're looking at building your community, find a store where get to be friends with the owner. Yep. The owner of Dragon's Lair Houston, dude loves me. And it's, you know, even though, okay. The launch of the other side kind of shat the bed, and he was a little bit salty. Yeah, Ned did. We we all we all acknowledge that. That's what uh, I hear. And he was not happy with because he bought in on that, and not because I was excited for it. We were all excited for it, but then it you know the launch was just awkward. Yeah. And so he, but even though that happened, he's just been he's been great to the Malifaux community. And well, and, and I think the especially the core boxes just fit and look really good on the shelf too. Yep. Um, yeah. And usually it only takes a couple of boxes to get into a crew. So it's really not a huge investment like you were saying earlier. Yeah. And I think this kind of steers us in the direction of how I want to wrap this, this episode up and just talking about kind of new year goals and, and just in general, like what are you trying to accomplish in Malifaux moving forward? So I'd be interested to hear kind of what you guys are looking forward to going into, you know, 2022. Because I know, so I'll start, I'll start with myself, but me personally, obviously I've got a couple stores where I'm looking at doing, like we were just talking about weekly events, but also as myself, as a player, I noticed that I play a lot of games against Chris because really it's me, him, and a couple of loose people that come in every now and then. And I was sitting there looking at it and we really don't have a lot of games against 10 Thunders. So me and him actually kind of split it up. We're like, Hey, I'll buy these keywords. You buy those and we'll kind of figure this out. And I'm actually having more fun with it than I thought I would. And I'm going to not make my Bayou buddies mad and say, I'm going to play more 10 Thunders, but you want to know what? It was, it was pretty fucking fun. I, that lightning striking with Misaki. I definitely had a good time. Oh yeah. Good old Misaki. And also, I, I think last thing I'll say as yeah. far as kind of improving, if your if your goal is to start a Malifaux community, definitely have some of those fun masters from each faction. I think Misaki is a perfect new player, like give a demo master, just because she does a little bit of everything. But also, who doesn't love ninjas? You know, ninja vanishing and popping in and out and smoke, and just get those fun crews. Get Hoffman. Hoffman's another great newer player friendly crew. So yeah, that, that would just kind of be if I was starting a community, make sure you have those 
and make sure they're painted up because nobody likes to see fucking gray <laughs> models. I don't care if you are playing Ivan. <laughs> oh, my, my, my uh, shadow models are actually, uh, uh, they're not done yet, but they're, I actually kind of went with the kind of the, the blue, like nice. the blue tint to shadows there. Nice. Yeah. So, Doug, you might have a lot of uh, goals here because you obviously got a lot going on with your, you've been painting on stream, you're printing stuff, you're running events. So, what is what do you envision your 2022 kind of looking like if you had to set a couple goals there? So, um, a big one, just a low-level community goal is getting the weekly play community going stronger. Because, I mean, honestly, one, one of the guys who was coming out most often isn't going to be out for a couple of months because, you know, had a child. And you know what? I can, yeah. that's, that's obviously one of those things like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I do not begrudge you that. I'm like, okay. But I need to get people out there who are where people just show up to the shop without having to check. It's like, hey, without are you going gonna through be the messages, today? hey, you coming? All right, let's get right, this right. person. We're just assumed that there will be people there for a game. Yeah. I'd like to get that because it had been that way. And now it's not because, you know, we're rebuilding from COVID. It feels sure. like starting over again. But I would like to get the a set a steady weekly community going. Um, something I think I can do on the hobby side of things is that I would like to get, as you said, more beginner friendly masters painted up. So I'm about to have, uh, my goal by the end of December is to have the entire apex keyword, uh, painted up, yeah, which I, saw, I, saw, have, I just have to finish off, uh, the runaways, the Crypsis core and the harpooners. And then I'm done. Uh let me ask you, Doug. So as far as your, your painting, when you're painting on stream, so me personally, I always consider myself kind of a speed painter. So I'm looking at more just tabletop quality at, at a reasonable thing. I'm painting up a bunch of Nick stuff that I got probably mailing out to him when I get back from Kansas. But what is your paint style as far as that goes? Are you doing a lot of uh, wet blending? Are you airbrushing? Like, what do you do when you're painting on stream? I do damn near everything I zenithly prime. Where uh, if you're not familiar with that, uh, for those at home who don't know what I'm talking about, I prime the entire model black. Then I do down at about a 40. I do this with an airbrush. You can do it with a rattle can, but Texas, the humidity is not kind on white primer. It'll fuzz it's it up. It's harder to control too. Yeah. But it, the actually high humidity will actually uh, do some really weird things to white primer. Oh, definitely. But so I prime the whole I've thing. I've seen black. it do sometimes like some chalky stuff will start happening. Yeah. Yeah, it really messes things up. So I own, I prime entirely with my airbrush now. So and then you use that as kind of like your light sources almost like that's going to be your high points. Yeah. So I do a black overall. I do a gray at a 45 and then I do a white top down. And then I'll, I'll go and, you know, I'll kind of cheat it a little bit where I'm maybe hitting a little more white on a... Uh, uh, an area of interest, like a face, will get a little bit sure. brighter. You know, maybe a weapon in a hand or something. You know, kind of you learn overall when you look at the composition of the model what the areas of interest are going to be, and you maybe get those a little bit brighter because it just draws the eye to them. But then I mostly do so. I do a zenithal prime, and it's kind of become more of a glazing style. So I'll okay. take a. I use the Reaper MSPs mostly now. Because I like that they are, um, they've got a consistent pigment opacity that 
the GW paint, most people, you know, GW, that was my first paint. That's damn near everyone's first paint because you can find it everywhere. <laughs> that's true. The problem I have with it is that their darks have a higher opacity than their light ones do. But sometimes you'll get a lighter color paint that has an oddly high opacity. That there's not a consistent transparency to their paints. So with the um, Reapers, I like that they've got a nice consistent transparency from the dark all the way up to the bright. So I can actually build it. It, it takes more layers. It takes a little more building it up. Yeah. But having a... You know, when a, when a paint says, we've got great coverage, I'm like, oh, that means you're, I can't paint it over it. Because it's really like yeah. laying, you know, a transparent sheet over top of another transparent sheet over top of another transparent sheet. And that's the way that you build to those highlights. So I yeah. do it with uh, glazing. With the yeah, I think that's, that's definitely a good technique to learn because I think, especially for newer players to just kind of see that where when you're newer you try to kind of cake it on there because you want to oh, yeah. cover up everything, but you don't realize that you actually want that kind of layering effect. So that's definitely something that I know. I, I actually taught my son to paint minis um, last, you know, a couple summers ago. And that was one of the things that he had to learn that, you know, you don't have to cover up every spot. You actually want some darkness and it's okay to kind of almost be black, kind of just barely with some paint on there. So Right, and it's ultimate. I mean, if you take a look at it, it's the technique is very similar to watercolor painting, which I, I actually had to learn how to do watercolor painting when I was uh, way back in the day when I was uh, learning costume design for theater. <laughs> yeah, I've got. Oh, I've been all over the. I did a lot of art classes, and I will say watercolors were one of my. I did not like watercolors. There's a lot of mediums that I liked using. That was not one of them. Yeah, well, I mean, if you take a look at what the really good miniatures brushes are, those Windsor Newton Series 7s, those were those are watercolor brushes. I use, hey man, yeah. when I'm doing brushes, I kind of just use what I got and go on to the next one. I'm not, I don't get too, because since I'm a speed painter, I don't invest too much in the brushes because I know I'm just going to kind of go through them quicker than normal. Oh, yeah. So I abuse them pretty bad. But uh, what about you, Nick? What's something that you're looking forward to in 2022? <sighs> not learning how to paint like you guys uh, that's why are you, i paid the are you cha are you chasing the dragon then are you gonna be like oh i'm gonna play this faction no so my my goals really uh, uh i may be in houston with with doug but our store the store that we play at it's an hour and 15 minutes away it's so stupid oh wow so uh we have a local store that just opened up that has hygiene as a priority on their mission statement. So we're going to support about. them and they're, they've already agreed to support us. So we're going to start playing live games there on a regular basis with our locals that we kind of create our own meta there. Um, and then really a, a goal since titles were released is I need more reps because I don't learn well uh, reading cards. I need to see them on the table and push them around, which I love your videos on. Uh, you and I talked about that, just seeing them function and do things yeah just makes yeah. sense in my head as opposed to reading it and trying to figure it out so get a lot of reps in get get used to those and uh get good son yeah and i think that's why i definitely am putting out more of those and i'm starting with the starter boxes but eventually i'll do some cool faction combos too because when you sometimes when you look at a card especially when you're looking at it just in a vacuum by itself you're kind of like okay well i mean what does this do and you start kind of 
I don't know about you guys, but I start looking at it. I'm like, okay, so this is this keyword or this is a versatile. Okay, where can this fit in? And I was actually doing that last night because I was playing Last uh, Blossom and that new model gin, is it gin, gin, whatever gin, it is? Gin Makara. Yeah, I'm kind of like looking at it. I'm like, okay, I mean, it does some things that both of the keywords want to do. Is it going to do something that another model isn't doing? And I got to put it on the board because just looking at the card, I don't see... I see some things there, but I don't know if it's good enough. Last Blossom has a lot of cool models. I think that's kind of my problem with that model specifically. <laughs> so definitely know that we have the YouTube channel. We're putting out a lot more. We've been doing monthly videos. Uh, we're going to record our, I think I'm going to do Brew 2 in that bat rep we're going to do when I get back from Kansas. So that'll be fun too. Well, Jim's um, got that ability that, you know, pissed me off so much with the undercover reporter. What's that? The the undercover ability, the thing where he's like, I'm going to start buried. And then, you know, you do all this stuff with your minion. Then I'm going to pop out of him and say, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And Masaki, too, can bury him again. Fuck. Masaki can bury him again? Masaki, too. Yeah. She can bury somebody yeah. and then come unburied with the uh, shadow marker. Okay. Because or... I think that was the problem Chris had. Chris was playing it with Ivan, too. And it would unbury and then it would die where, you know, cause it couldn't rebury again with Ivan. So I think that's cool that Misaki too can throw him back, throw him back into the, you know, underworld, I guess, yeah. into the smoke. Um, I don't know. So Nick, what titles have you been liking the ones that you tried out? Fuck. Uh, I've been uh, focusing on guild. I went from 10 thunders back to guild. Uh, and I'm really enjoying Lucy too. Lucius, uh, seems fun. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, planning ahead thinking yeah three four steps ahead which i'm trying to get better at doing um and then sounds very lucius like very lucius like uh and then uh <laughs> dashel 2 is just a fucking beast love dashel dude he is i i felt so bad round three of our tournament with one of our newer players and he just got he got damn near tabled with anya too and it, over there club and seals yeah it, oh, it dude, was honestly. it was rough it was cards in that crew was just so hard on his crew it was it was butcher dashel i mean i've never been a big on the guild i've always been no the guild is the oppressor they are but butcher dashel made me go fuck i really (laughs) want to play that (laughs) yeah well and it it just reminds me so much of playing war machine because the butcher and war machine it's pretty much a if you haven't played war machine butcher three was just a i'm gonna go kill everything and that butcher for Dashel, I'm just like, oh man, that's just so, so aggro, and it's just so metal. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool as shit. Um, and Lady J uh, with the new 33 model, there's some shenanigans and some broke shit in that in that crew that uh, needs to be tuned. Um, yeah, I don't. I haven't unlocked it. Uh, other people have, I'm sure. But it- well, it's kind of funny though because I'm just looking at it and you look at some of these titles and you're like, man, that's strong, man, that's strong. And it's almost like every faction has something that's a little over the top right now. So I think it kind of, and obviously Wait, just the way what, what does Neverborn works. have? I need to know this. <laughs> um, I've heard that the new Pandora is pretty ridiculous. Okay. I heard, uh, I haven't played against it, but I've had several people tell me to not waste my time trying to kill Pandora. Put friendly or you put adversary on your own master with luck thief and your opponent yeah. always has negatives no matter what. Fuck. Can't get past it. That's it's evil. bullshit. That's amazing. It's a one trick thing, right? It, it, but it, I well, and it's funny because when people tell me like, "Oh, this master is you know very difficult to kill," 
I played against um, Maxine Two, which is pretty ridiculous to kill. Yeah. I uh, when I when somebody tells me that a master like that's pretty hard to kill, I always go, okay, I'm just gonna kill everything else that you love. Right. <laughs> Have fun doing nothing, but your master. It's like I may not kill you, but by the end, you'll wish you're dead. <laughs> Uh, what about, what about you, Doug? Any, uh, the new titles and floating your fancy? So the one I've been playing the most lately has been, um, Barkus. Barkus. The new Marcus. Market was the new Marcus. Come on. He's full beast mode. He's Barkus. That reminds me of Cromac from uh, war machine and hordes. (laughs) See, uh, Marcus is one of my favorite, um, masters. I've all, I love the whole beast master thing. Uh, I've played a lot of him uh, just, you know, before there were titles. I've really got the Marcus unpack down pretty well. been playing him pretty solid. Do you like the, uh, do you like him on the Neverborn side or Arcanist side? I've shifted over towards the Neverborn side with him. Okay. Because Inhuman Reflexes, <laughs> Inhuman Reflexes is awesome and Ancient Pact on Marcus. Because then he cannot fail. It, nothing sucks more. Then black, black Joker, yeah. the once the uh, you can only target a model once per turn with this. Yeah, I know some people like the uh, like you said, inhuman reflexes. Yeah, like you said, ancient pack just like not worrying about red jokers with or sorry, black jokers with your master is yep. just that's where I like to be. Yeah, that's where. Well, the other thing is so when uh, the errata on inhuman reflexes was a nerf for most people. It was a buff. It was a stealth buff for a Marcus crew. Because it get so you've got you, you still have all the goodness of uh, blade rush mm-hmm. and uh, being able to charge while engaged if you're a minion. It also gives you squeal. It used to give you butterfly jump. Well, Marcus can still give butterfly jump by throwing wings on something. So now you get both. So have you ever seen you know oh that kitty cat which has got which is terrifying. If you uh. You cheat to get past that terrifying while he's going to squeal away. And he's got wings, so it's going to butterfly jump. Try to hunt down that murder kitty now. <laughs> how is, so the model for the new Marcus looks freaking sweet. Oh my how does God. he, how does he actually play? Because I haven't looked too much into his card, honestly. He plays more aggressively. He's definitely wants to be hitting things more than old oh, that's, Marcus. That's my, that's me. That's what I love doing. The other nice thing about him is that he's also a be- he actually has the beast characteristic now. So a lot of the things that uh, it's like, oh, and this does this for beasts. Well, he didn't get the benefit of that. So Miranda can heal him now, which is delightful. Because she could only heal friendly beasts. He wasn't a beast. She couldn't heal him. So he's got that going on. Um, there... I have to think out my order of operations a little bit more because they've got the whole, I discard an upgrade, someone else gets it. And so figuring out, okay, they want this upgrade, they're going to get rid of it and put this one on and that's going to go to this. And it's making sure that I don't lose upgrades or that if I am reducing the number of upgrades I have on the board, it's for a good purpose. And let me ask, because there's actually a lot of, I think there's even... I would say there are more interesting beasts on the Neverborn side because, I mean, on the Neverborn side, you can bring, what, the uh, Bandersnatch is pretty good. Bandersnatch Um, is my favorite uh, stealth pick with him. Oh, yeah? 
Um, do you bring the Widow Snitch? Weaver when you do that or no? What? Do you bring the Widow Weaver when you do that? No, I give the Bandersnatch formidable horns. Okay. The ba- I'm going to so pretend like I know what that does. So the Bandersnatch, is, it gives... Uh, so Bandersnatch has got a stat six mm-hmm. um, mask for its attack. It's like a two, three, four plus poison. Something that people aren't going to think twice about. Formidable horns gives it an onslaught trigger. Okay. So it means it's got baked in onslaught. <laughs> I'd call that good. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I haven't seen a lot of people doing. Now it do- you're not running that at say their master. You're running that at a, you know you're running it off on the side. You're killing a bunch of stuff and then maybe diving it in on the master late when they don't have as much that can pick it off. But being able to put out four attacks and being able to jump to your uh, uh, web markers is great. And I know I know you guys haven't uh, played against a lot of Bayou, but since uh, you know you, I don't know what you're going to see at Las Vegas Open, but you might see the occasional Bayou player. You might want to be on the lookout for Ophelia Two, Overloaded, and Brewmaster Moonshiner because I think those are the two best titles we got out of this batch. You look pretty. Oh. is pretty good. He's aggro, a little card dependent, but those two other two are super consistent. Ophelia got laterally better yeah like, it's funny because it's just like man ophelia was good but she just switched into awesome mode yeah. man oh yeah. my god it just the the no line of sight shots just come raining in for putting <sighs> shard markers and injuring and it's injured. just it's just annoying and it's constant and it's being done by the little little dudes as opposed to her AP. well yeah and that's what's awesome right it's not her it's not her activation so yep the be- the best one that I've done so far is I was playing against Ivan, and there were two of the um, uh, what the what are the big ugly shadow things the um, oh the oh broken yeah so there were there were two of them behind a building getting ready to do their little bridge run up here in a you know an activation or two well I I put that upgrade on Rami that you know does the don't need line of sight injured and all that stuff and I just shot the crap out of both of them. I was like, you can bring them up now if you want, but they got like injured three on them or injured two, whatever it was. <laughs> nice. Oof. Heck yeah. Heck Oof. yeah. And her. And they draw so many cards now. Yeah. It, it, family got the same thing, right? Uh, Perdita 2 is fucking fantastic. Uh, I love the draw, idea behind that. The, the, the instant in game tech pick that you can pull out of your ass and yeah. uh, the shenanigans with the DMR, uh, Death Marshal Recruiter, just. Uh, your summon gets killed. It gets turned into a, a, a death marshal for a card. And then because you discard a card, you heal something. And, and it's just, oh, my God, it's shenanigans on a whole nother level. Yeah, and I think that's probably the thing I like about most of these titles is they really do a good job of bringing or using models that you didn't see before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for Brewmaster 2, like I said, the Fermented River Monks were okay. But honestly, there's no reason to not bring three of them in a Brewmaster 2. And two of them you're going to put 12 cups of coffee on. Because oh each time God. you end next to them, they're going to twitch you next to you and do a point of damage to you. Jesus Ugh. Christ. So you're just, all right, you ended, move, ping. All right, you ended again, move, ping. All right, now I'm going to do five damage to you because I got drunken strength. Hooray. Yeah. And people, I think, have forgotten uh, the, the value of chi. In Shin Long, oh, I mean, people are focused on the I've overpowered. Been super enjoying that. Yeah, man. people people forgot since the since Shin Long got knocked have. down, but 
chi is a for real thing. I mean, everything's a stat seven, stat eight on the on their damn oh, cards. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So even if you have like a moderate ram, if you have chi on yourself, and it, that's also defensively too. So there's sometimes where I'm getting shot at and they're like, all right, well, cool. I beat you by one with the flip. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to go ahead and beat you now. You can cheat if you want, but I'm beating you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the new brewmaster also is just super fun with, uh, I, I don't know how much you guys have looked at it, but he has drunken Kung Fu. So he actually wants to be put on negatives. Yeah, I was Love so it. at the tournament on Saturday. I was watching the game. He's like, I'm like, why do you have a whiteboard? He's like, oh, because of all the poison. But so I, I stuck around and watched the game for a little bit there and going, okay, man, this looks, I mean, there's a lot of record keeping there, hence the whiteboard. But it looks like it looks powerful. It looks like fun. It looks like how Brewmaster has always wanted to play. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought the, I thought the bookkeeping would be a little too much after turn one. It's really not. Um, just because most of the time you're spending it and using it. So it's kind of a net gain for a lot of those actions. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really not that bad. I mean, I, I think once you get past unpacking your turn one, the rest of it is just like, Oh, I'm going to reduce the poison by two to reduce the damage on the monk. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, use this much to do this. And I'm going to go ahead and tipsy slide that. Ma- the, uh, the tip for brewmaster players out there for who, think are thinking about playing the moonshiner i actually have a card that i made that has the uh poison markers on it so it's like one poison you know four poison seven poison so i know okay if i have this much poison i can slide that many inches oh that, so, that's yeah. good to know because we were doing you know someone's like okay so how much would it be if he's got 23 poison yeah i, I have it built up all the way to like 30 something jesus uh, yeah because it was like we were doing the quick the math and we're like fuck math i don't want to math i will say that i did love playing the moonshiner against ivan two because ivan two has the distracted aura so I just went in with Moonshiner. I just started pounding it because oh my god, he he's like sweet. I got a positive automatically. This is sweet. Oh, that's evil. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Oh, that's glorious. It was. It was a good time. <laughs> oh man. So as we wrap this thing up, uh, just I want to give you guys a chance once again for kind of quick plugs here. Just anything you want to shout out. It could be events. Could be you know stores. Whatever. So Nick, let's start with you. Is there any quick shout outs you want to give? Um, as we wrap this thing up, the content creators uh, across the board, keep supporting your content creators. They, they do this for, for the love of the hobby. Uh, a few bucks helps. It goes a long ways. Just, uh, stuff ain't free. Help them out. Throw them a couple bucks. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I mean, and I think you recognize when a content creator is, is using, like if they have a Patreon or whatever, you'll notice when they're using it because you'll see quality kind of go up and you'll see, um, you know, better equipment. Like, I mean, we, before we use Squadcast, which is what we use for this, um, I know, I mean, we almost using like, you know, tin cans and stuff to try and record episodes. <laughs> so it, a little bit does go a long way. It does help kind of improve the quality and get more content out. I was able to get a new laptop, not obviously because of the patrons, but just because, you know, it, it was enough for me to justify it because people were, were wanting the content and, I tell you why having a Mac laptop makes video content way easier. So oh, uh, viewers at home, if you, you you may because you know if this is just audio only, you don't see that he is all blinged out. He's got like uh, five or six gold chains 
Um, My Mr. Rings on every set. fingers. Um, definitely rocking the bling. I mean, that's very. <laughs> when did you get the grill? You know, uh, back in uh, <laughs> I think it was 2006 when I was living in the Midwest. There was a lot of Texas Southern rap, you know, out there. I think Mike Jones inspired oh, me to calm down, Paul Wall. Yeah, Paul Wall, the people's champ. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So yeah, that's a good that's a good plug there, Nick. What about you, uh, Doug? What you want to plug? Oh yeah, so hey, come come to Las Vegas Open. Hopefully, we will very soon have a whole bunch more tickets coming out. Uh, and if you don't come to Las Vegas Open 2022, come to Las Vegas Open 2023. It's going to be even bigger and better and get your tickets early for that because then we don't get capped. Right. Uh, and uh, Top Doug Design on Mini Hoarder. If you got a 3D printer, I've got some of my stuff out there that works great for Malifaux right now. And a whole bunch more that's in the works. I just have to get it packaged and uploaded. Uh, can I add something else to LVO? Uh people are interested and yet it technically says sold out at the moment fill out that wait list yes that goes direct to the organizers not just doug it goes up above to let them know what interest is out there to start Ooh, pulling tables point. and seats because doug made a great point at the local tournament it one 40k table is uh, of two people is two malifaux players of four people and so it, we could get more bang for our buck if they but they have to see that. And so yeah, throwing it out there and uh, just put your name on the wait list, show that interest. Um, That's it, no guarantee to, to lock up a, uh, a ticket immediately after, right? They're not going to, it's not a legally binding contract, but express that interest. So they know how urgent it is to open up more seats. Cause I'd love to see 40, 50, 60 people. Cause this is a two day oh. event. Uh, uh, unlike Gen Con where it was a one day. So we're gonna have a lot of Malifaux, a lot of good times with friends, uh, 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 they have an open bar in the in the damn it's a fun game trip. room. Uh, you you can't fun. beat that. It's, it's good fun. Well, the the other thing is, if you look at it, we increase. I mean, uh, for Malifaux, if right with the numbers we've got right now, we increase our numbers by, by four people. That's a twenty percent increase. Yeah. The numbers that they've got for forty k, four people. That's that's fucking nothing for them. They've got hundreds there. Yeah. Let's be honest. At least ten percent of them are going to drop after day one. True that. I hate those people. What's well, because there's they've they've got you know hundreds of players. You have a bad day one. They're like, oh, why why even bother playing? It, I'm going to go it, do the Vegas. Thing. I don't know about you guys, but that's the same. Like I don't know if you guys ever did like Magic the Gathering or anything, but you know that card. I think collectible card players. You know, I think that that's something that always pissed me off in 40 K. Obviously they do this too. Um, a little bit with war machine. It depended on the tournament, but yeah, as soon as they lost like round one or two, they would just drop. And I'm like, it's what the fuck is the point to drop when you plan to come out to this, you're doing a two day tournament. What the hell is the point? It's like, get some games in, you know, just play some damn games. Oh yeah. I mean, I shit, man. I always encourage new players to come out to uh, my local tournaments. Cause I'm like, don't, view it as a chance to compete view it as a chance you're guaranteed to get three games in i i would even encourage them and don't think if you're a new player that oh i can't play in this i'm not good enough i i don't care if you only have two games of malifaux i would play a game with you at las vegas and we'd have a blast i'd you know get drunk with my brewmaster model and i'd probably mess some things up and that's cool i actually wouldn't play brewmaster against a new player that sounds not fun yeah. but <laughs> 
But no, I tell you what, I'll, I'll play Zip. <laughs> new players should come out to tournaments. Um, that's it's a great way to meet a larger a cross section of the community, but it's also a great way to look. You're guaranteed to get in these games. You're going to learn stuff. You're going to learn stuff from playing against good players. Uh, and, after and then you end up getting matched up against you know players who are of a comparable skill level. I will say, and this is a great example that I started playing. Um, I think it was in I think it was 2020. I went to a tournament up in North Carolina. I maybe had five games under my belt, and I was playing Parker, and I was just doing you know pew pew, just you know running around pew pew pew, and I I wasn't doing like any of the cool stuff. I wasn't like dropping schemes and stuff, and I I was playing against um, Jeremy Peace, who's a significantly better player, especially when I was playing then. Okay, and. You know, we had a fun game. He's like, I was not expecting you to not drop markers. I'm like, well, it is like my sixth game. So, but, you know, I still had a blast. I lost and I learned stuff because I saw, I still remember, I was watching him unpack turn one. And, you know, me as a new player, I was like, cool, I'm going to move, move, and I'm moving, move, and I'm move, moving, and I'm shooting, pew, pew. And he was doing stuff like, I'm going to move here. I'm going to concentrate and do this. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it would make sense to concentrate turn one. You know, that way you have it kind of on the model. Yeah. So you just learn small tricks. Um, and if, especially if you see somebody playing a crew you play, you can really learn some tricks then and see like, oh, crap, I didn't even know my model could do that. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's a great way. I mean, that, that's how I, I love to see other people play my favorite masters because everyone comes at it from a different perspective. And yep. there are certain models that you love these particular models. And, yeah, maybe they may not be – as powerful as say this other pick but it's the unexpected pick and there's a lot of mind games in Malifaux. I also feel like the Malifaux community in general is a little less douchey than some of the other competitive games. 100%. Holy shit. Well fuck um, you man! <laughs> totally, obviously. Totally. I mean it's just one of those things where I think when you have, especially if there's bigger prizes, you know, up for grabs just sometimes people can be a little more douchey. Like we said, 40k is pretty bad because you know, you're playing like the competitive thing and you're trying to smash face. Whereas Malifaux, it's like, I feel like there's more of people that are kind of doing the, um, you know, kind of trying to be a snowflake out there. They're trying to be like, oh, I'm going to make my keyword work. I don't care if it's not powerful. I'm going to get you with it. Yep. <laughs> yep. 100%. That's like me trying to run hot honeypot. I'm like, I know honeypot's probably not the best 10 Thunder keyword, but I'm going to make it work, damn it. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Oh, people were salty as shit I, about Honeypot, you know, a year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. When it was yeah, a new I thing, right? That. It's like Explorers. It's something new. And yeah. you go, oh, my God, I can't, how, do I, how do I beat this card draw? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, cool, I'm going to put Tannen up here. And now he has boring conversation. And then it's like, oh, cool, I'm going to put this on a positive And I'm going to kill him in, like, one shot. I was like, well, fuck me, right? Right, yeah. Writer, <laughs> yeah. yeah. ruthless shot, dead. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, guys, this has been a, a blast. I appreciate you coming on and talking uh, Malifaux in general, painting, Las Vegas Open, um, Texas crew is always fun to talk talk with. I, I, I mean, that's why I'm excited to go out to Kansas for uh, for break. I know a lot of good Midwest Midwest peeps that definitely fun to game with. One thing I will put on kind of y'all's radar because I am going to check in with some of the organizers for this. There's actually a good Midwest uh, GT that they have up in Omaha every year. I don't know if you guys have heard of the Bug Eater GT. No, I haven't heard of So it's in Omaha every year. And I think they were interested in a Malifaux tournament last year. I don't know if they put it up. 
but I'm going to kind of get in on that early and try to organize something on that if they don't. But it started out as a 40K in fantasy GT back in like 2010, and they've expanded it to other games as well. So I'll def- it's usually in June, so I'll kind of keep my eye on it. I'll definitely let the community know um, if we can blow that up a little bit because I-, I like the Omaha area. It's a, it's a good area for GT, and it's actually a good cause too. It's a, the guy that runs it is a teacher, and he uses it as a fundraiser for um, – I forget what, uh, I think it's the debate team for his oh, school. Awesome. So, Oh, that's super yeah, cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. I'd be down for that. So yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely let y'all know about that, but I think until next time, make sure that y'all are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we will see y'all in the new year. Take care y'all. Have a good one.